Good morning. It is good to have this number out with us for our morning half of our worship service. And we know that we have some who are out who are ill and sick. We have our hearts go out with them. We pray for them to be healed and restored back to us for who missed their fellowship as we know they missed the time and opportunity meeting with the saints. This morning I want us to turn to, uh, to one we've covered before, of course, and we're going to look at it one more time. A thought pricked my mind and, and it, it, just, it just turned into a lesson. So as we turn to Luke chapter 13, we're going to start in the 22nd verse. And I'm going to do something on my phone I don't think I've done before as I'm recording. So if I lose you, I'll start you back. What I'm going to read is a poem from Robert Frost. And this was the thought that pricked into my mind. The poem that he wrote is one that's well known. It's The Road Less Taken. And that's by Robert Frost. And I've got to switch over right now. And hopefully it stays recording. <clears throat> The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. And we apply this, we, we, we think of it in a matter of speaking. At the end of it, we can really affect this or really show this a Christian's life. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one for as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other, as just as fair and having perhaps the better calm, a claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves, no step had trodden back. I trodden black, excuse me. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to the way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two rows diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. See the difference? See the, the encouragement of the difference. As you and I look back on the past that we have lived, we took that road less traveled. We took the one that leads unto salvation. We found out what God would have us to do, and we chose to be obedient to his word, or we should have. As we look at Luke's encounter about the narrow way, we look at the encounter there, we're going to, read, we're going to turn back to Matthew and look at Matthew's account, for as we know it leads to everlasting life, and Luke, of course, does not say that, but as Matthew's encounter says it does. So as we look at the narrow way in Luke chapter 13, starting in verse 22, And he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter the narrow gate for many. I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Did you hear what he said? For many will be able, will seek for this, this encounter, this entering in and not be able. Abel. Unfortunately, today there's many false teachings, many, many false prophets, and misdirection, misinterpretation, and miscommunication of God's Word. When we look at God's Word as a whole, I don't mean just taking one verse and running with it as many folks do. They, they choose to use that one verse, and that's all they need. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Whereas, well, the Bible is like a road map. If you don't take it at its whole, if you don't study it in its entirety, you will be lost. Well, you will miss some points. You will miss some turns. 
If you notice in Robert Frost's poem, he said he looked down as far as he could until it bent under the undergrowth. He couldn't see no more. He was, he was checking out the ways in which way he was going to choose to go. But he chose the one less traveled. And that pricked into my mind. Today, not many folks travel the Christian life. They don't. They choose the world. They can, they're looking down that pathway and they see where it turns. When it looks good to there, I'm going to go with masses. I'm going to go with society. So if society makes it okay, it must be okay. Well, in God's eyes, we can, as a, as a Christian, we can look at society and say, God does not approve of these things that society approves of. Well, as we know in Romans chapter 1 in verse 32, we cannot condone nor approve nor go along with the things that are sinful and not approved of God. Well, as we know those things that are not approved of God, the things that we th say, the things that society thinks, the, the way the masses go is worthy of death. And that is spiritual death. But as a child of God, we took that road less traveled. We took, the, we took the byway of God and His pathway that He has chosen for His people. For many are going to be defined the, the desire for this pathway or, this, or to enter into this pathway and they can't get in. For many is going to find, but few are going to find it. He carries on and says in verse 25, when once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. For he will answer and say to you, I do not know where you are from. All right, keep your finger there in Luke. You might say, well, what is he talking about? I'm, I'm a little confused here. If we turn back to Matthew chapter 7 and his encounter or his, or his description of this narrow way. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14 are the description or the destinations, rather, to the path that we choose in our everyday walk of life. And I, the reason why I say everyday walk of life, that choice is a beginning. Notice in the poem that Robert Frost, he wrote, he said he, he made a choice and he began to walk on it. And he's sorrowful that he was only one traveler. For you and I are only but one traveler. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. There's your, there's your masses seeking for that straight and narrow gate that leads into everlasting life, and they can't enter in because of the choices that they made, the lifestyle that they live, and it enters in and it leads to destruction, verse 13 tells us, and verse 14, because narrow is the gate and difficult or straight is the way that, that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Desiring to enter in. Desiring to seek God. Desiring to sit down in His kingdom and at His right hand just where Christ is Himself and they can't come in. For I don't know where you're from. That's what leads us down to verses 21 through 23 of Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Did you hear what he said? This is Christ speaking to you now. He said over here in Luke, he said, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. So why aren't I able? Why can't I enter in? 
Because you're not doing the will of the Father. You're not doing the will of the Father that Jesus Christ is talking about in verse 21. And in verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, this is judgment day. This is the, the encounter where you're standing there giving an account of all the things that you have done, whether good or bad. Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. Let's think about that. In your name very closely. In your name. It means doing the things that is approved of God. Now many back in the first century were doing things in Christ's name and were not. They were proclaiming they were prophets and they were not. We think about today. Are we doing the things that's pleasing in the eyes of God? Are we doing? Are we, are we being a Christian in Christ's name? Because if you're not, here's the outcome. It says, Lord, look what we've done for you. We've cast out demons. We've done many wonders, wonderful works. In your name. And in verse 23... Coupling this back over here with Luke in verse 25. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or iniquity. Did you hear what he said? I seriously hope you understand Christ's speech there. Because if you're not working in his name, and we're going to back up in verses 15 through 20, that a, a tree is defined by its fruit. A person is defined on how they act. A person is defined on what they think. A person is defined on how they speak, how they treat one another. The tree is defined by its fruit. And you'll know the type of tree that is. Whether it's a good tree or a bad tree. And I'm here to tell you right now, God already knows what type of tree we are. And then I'll declare to them, for I never knew you depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or iniquity. Back in Luke chapter 13, notice what he says in 25, one more time. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. For he will answer and say to you, I don't know who you are or where you're from. I never knew you. Can't come in. We don't know who you are. Now, this is right the opposite of those who have chosen the straight and narrow gate, that difficult gate, that difficult type of lifestyle. The world, those who are living of the world, choose that easy road. Those who have misinterpreted the doctrine has taken that easy road. I've heard a, uh, I've heard a saying before. That the pathway to hell has been paved with good intentions. I've heard that before. I'm pretty sure y'all have heard that as well. Good intentions. Well, I intended to be a child of God. I intended to be faithful. Yeah, I was immersed or baptized for the remission of sins, but I intended to. Well, let's go back to the prodigal son. Y'all know who I love. I love referring back to the prodigal son. He applies in so many ways. 
What if he just intended to go back to his father? Because he did. He made up his mind, did he not? Remember, he was feeding those swine, and he was like, my father's servants have enough and plenty to spare. And here I am, I'm perishing, wanting to eat these things that hogs is eating. Y'all seen what hogs get fed. It's pretty nasty. So we think, if he'd have just made up his mind, he said, well, I'm going to go back to my father's house. And be just like one of his hired servants. I'll be better off than I am now. What if he'd have stopped there? He made up his mind, had good intentions. He'd have never been restored. Because remember what the father said to the older son as he's rebuking him about his attitude toward him. He said, for my son was once dead and is now alive. He also says he was lost and now is found. But I want to emphasize on the dead and alive. If we take the road less traveled, if we take the road that has been trodden down by few, that is, a Christian walk, one that's pleasing in the eyes of God, we will no longer be dead, but alive. Because Christ does not offer life. Does he, not say, does he not tell us, I am the way, truth, and the life? John 14, 6. He tells us those things. So if we was to put ourselves in Robert Frost's shoes real quick. And a rational thinking person, if they're looking at a road that's paved, little trees overshadowing, and there's a little bend down there, and it's, it looks good. Uh, it looks good. And you got this other path over here. It's rocky. Cliffs. All kind of boulders in the way. It's going to be rough travels. Right? It's going to be rough. A rational thinking person is going to take the easy road. I'm not going that way. It's dangerous. Unless you're in a, a thrill seeker, if you will. But if we know where that destination goes, we know that destination is rocky, cliff. It's, it's going to be a difficult walk. If we know the end is green pastures. Remember what the psalmist says in Psalm 23? For the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. If you know the end result of this pathway that's rocky and rough and difficult, the end is a green pasture. And this other one is a lake of fire. Now which one would you choose? Someone knowing that lake of fire exists down there, well, I'm definitely not going that way. I'm going to take this difficult one that's going to lead to much better. See the representation? If we are a child of God, if we choose the pathway that's the difficult one. Now when I say difficult, when Christ mentions difficult, it's difficult being sinless. It's impossible being sinless. But to strive, the want, the will, the means to live a sin-free life, to have that mind and motivation and, and mindset to not sin while we're here upon this earth. Because keep in mind, folks, a child of God knows that this place is not their home. We're just a passing through. For our home is with our Father in heaven, and we're striving to get there. It's difficult in this world. 
Because look at the outcome of Satan. Look at what he has done to the world. He is the orchestrator of death. He is the father of a lie. And so many people decide to join themselves with it. Because wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. There's that easy road. I'm taking that easy road. You can take that rough road all you want. I'm going to take that easy road. Let's turn to using scriptures real quick in a, in a, in a, as an example. How important is it to use the truth in its entirety? I said the truth. The truth being the word. The truth being God's instructions undefiled, unchanged. The things that are approved of God today. Now, I don't mean mixing and matching. I don't mean, that when I say mixing and matching, I'm saying trying to incorporate Old Testament with New Testament. Christ finished Old Testament worship when he died upon that cross. I hope I'm clear on that. Because whenever he said, it is finished, the old ways of worshiping God is done away with. We have folks instituting things that were not approved of Christ. Case in point, instrumental music in worship service was never approved of Jesus Christ. Yes, the folks would say, but David played music Old Testament. Old Testament. Paul assures if we try to be justified by the old law, we have fallen from grace. Some might say, well, it's not in there. It's black and white. Paul is encouraging to stay in the New Testament. Do not to be try to just try to be justified by the old law. And keep in mind the old law is difficult. It's near impossible to be obedient to. Even Paul told those new Christians, says, why would you want to institute something that your fathers could not even follow? You know you can't follow it, your fathers can't even follow it. Why would you institute something for someone who you know very well that they cannot follow? What Christ is saying is. The Old Testament was weak because of the flesh of men. They couldn't follow it. It was perfect in God's eyes. It was perfect. But mankind couldn't follow it because of their motivations, their means, their choices that they make. Again, choices. We have a choice in our everyday walk of life. We have a choice this morning. We had a choice. We chose to meet with the saints, those who can hear my voice. And I understand providentially hindered things that are out of our control hinders folks. I understand that. But some things are not. Christ says that narrow way leads to everlasting life. That difficult way leads to everlasting life. Again, that psalmist says, The Lord is my shepherd in Psalm 23. Did you hear what he said? The Lord is my shepherd. Do we remember the function of a shepherd? Do, do we remember the function of the shepherd? Sheep are defenseless. They are dumb, defenseless animals. And they need that shepherd there to help protect them from wolves. Right? 
So the purpose of that shepherd, our shepherd, that is God himself, when we let him be our shepherd, we're letting him guide us. When Christ on judgment day, he refers to goats and sheep. Remember those? We have a little inside joke here at Booth Chapel. You remember that? Right. So we think about Christ and his instruction for goats. Where are they going to go? That easy path. Remember that path that's easy way that leads to fire? A lake of fire. The easier pathway leads to a lake of fire. We learned that lake of fire in Revelation 21. Boy, that S is almost there. I, I, it's right there in the back of my mind. Revelations? No, it's Revelation. I did good, by the way. So we think about this one and intent moment. Which pathway are you on right now? Are you on a pathway that leads to everlasting life? Are you on a pathway that leads to destruction? Well, thankfully, we can back up. You ever been on a pathway and said, well, this ain't where I need to be. I need to change. I need to get off this pathway and get on the other one. The reason why I use that as an example, the way that we live, we can change. We are still breathing. We are still living. We have an opportunity to change if we're not right in the eyes of God. If we are on the pathway that leads to destruction, we can make a change. We can stop going on that pathway, back up and make that change and go on the right one. And your mind is going back to the beginning of that pathway. Remember the rocky and the cliffhangers? and the, I'm, It's going to be tough, but I know I'm on the wrong one. Yeah, being a child of God is tough. Because we have to live in amongst folks who are lost. And as the church in Corinth was reassured by Paul in 2 Corinthians, they have a ministry of reconciliation. Well, first off, they need to be reconciled to God or added to or come to God. You and I have a ministry as well. As a child of God, as we're on this difficult path, the ministry of reconciliation. Do y'all remember whenever Noah, when he was building that ark, what was he doing? He was pleading with the folks. Change. Get right. Because it's going to get bad. A little side note. How, how many times do the weathermen get it wrong today? They might get close, but sometimes they get it wrong, don't they? Noah was a pretty good weatherman, wasn't he? He had a pretty good source. His radar was indefinite. His, his radar was spot on. God told him it's coming. He says, prepare thee an ark. And he did. He started building. <laughs> In the meantime, he was pleading with the people who were around him. Please change. Get right. What you're doing is wrong. But unfortunately, that ark only held eight souls. Of course, the animals with him. Only held eight people. But yet still Noah had made a choice on the difficult side. He had an option. Folks, he had an option. You and I might not be here today, but he had an option to say, that's going to be too hard. I'm just not going to do it. He had that option. But no, he, he hated the Word of God. 
And he followed his instructions to the letter. We need to put ourselves again in Noah's shoes. Are we following God's law to the letter? With the church getting the instructions from Paul in 2 Corinthians, notice what it said. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. You notice what he said? You and I have a ministry of reconciliation. If we do these things, we find these marks in chapter 6, in verse, starting in verse 5. The instructions, the definitions there in 6, but notice what it said in verse 5. In stripes, and imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleepless, and fastings. By purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Did you hear what he said? Do you have those marks of the ministry? Do you have those marks to, de to define whether or not you are on the right pathway? Because those two roads diverged in your life as a child of God. Did you choose the difficult path? Or are you outside of choosing that easy path? Notice what was said. There was a choice that had to be made. This morning, I want to encourage that choice of righteousness. I want you to make the choice of everlasting life. I want you to make that choice where it's going to be difficult on your person. We referenced this morning, James chapter 1 and verse 2. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials or diverse temptations. We need to count it joy when we fall into things, when stuff happens, when our patience is tested. We need to count it joy because we are not walking in the world as someone who is lost. Now, with that being said, I want you to ask yourself a question. Am I lost? Do I need to be found? Am I dead? Do I need to be made alive? Spiritually speaking, God can resurrect you. He can make you alive yet once again. By turning away from sinful deceit, turning away, turning away from Satan and all of his wiles, turning away from it altogether and choosing that difficult road. Because that difficult road, again, it leads to everlasting life. I'm thankful it does. I'm thankful we have an opportunity in this life to live out our lives as Christians. And when I say that term Christians, I mean true believers. Those who put God first in their everyday walks of life, use His Word in their everyday walks of life, and try their very best to please Him. 
Are we pleasing to God this morning? Which road do we have we have we chosen? If you've chosen that easy road, if you've cho chose that road where it goes down there and it bends, it looks great. At the end of that road, by the way, is a lake of fire. Let's make that change. Let's back up. Let's stop going down that pathway of easiness and peacefulness, if you will. Stop going down that road. I'd much rather have a peace of mind in God. We can have that peace of mind this morning. We can have an idea of what it is to have salvation waiting for us. Because John writes to us and he says in 1 John chapter 13 and verse 5, he says, we can know that we have salvation waiting for us if we continue to believe in the name of the Son of, the Son of God. So let's make that change if need be. Stop walking the ways of unrighteousness. Stop choosing that easy path and that broad and wide gate that leads to destruction. Stop. Come back to God and be righteous in his eyes. Be reconciled unto him and perform that ministry of reconciliation. So this morning, I want you to look within yourselves. Do you find yourself outside of God? Do you need to be found? Do you need to be immersed for the remission of sins? We encourage you to stop abiding with Satan. Put Christ on so your sins can be washed away. This morning, have you taken that short walk with Satan? Do you need to come back? Why don't we do so? Come forward as we make a change as we stand as we sing the song of invitation.